Well, it finally caught up to them. The offensive struggles that we've been seeing from the Kansas City Chiefs caught up. Cost them a game. We'll talk about that, plus so much more today on 10 Things. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of 10 Things. Hello, good people, and welcome to this episode of 10 Things. Thanks for hanging out, spending part of your day with us. I'm BJ Kissel. This is Haley Lewis, and we're going to talk about the Chiefs' loss to the Philadelphia Eagles. Haley, I don't even know how to set this up. We all feel, I'm sure, the same kind of way. Um, It's only a matter of time before a lot of the issues that we've seen come back to bite them, and despite the defense's performance, we'll get into all of it, um, they just couldn't quite get it done. It was cold. It was wet. They lost. I'm grim. I'm grumpy. I'm sad. Yeah. I have to look forward to Thanksgiving turkey instead. Yeah. As there's well. there's so much to be thankful for. And that, there is. Yes, there is. This is as frustrating <laughs> as it gets as a choose fan, right? A good way to say it. It's not a bad place to be. Yeah. You know, a lot of times, depending upon where you're at in your recovery process as a fan, uh, and getting over losses You're and things like that. Process. Everybody, everybody <laughs> kind of comes through it differently and at different times. I think I'm you guys, anybody, you step back, team's so relevant. They're still uh, right in the thick of it. And we'll get in, we don't get into this show quite yet because we do have to mention uh, and thank our sponsor of this show and Mission Taco Joint. Now with three locations in Kansas City with a new one out at the Park Place spot in Leewood right there around town center. Uh, I was actually out there on uh, Friday and Saturday. Uh, went out on Saturday with the fam. They've got the ice skating rink mm. now set up between Bamboo Pennies and Mission Taco Joint. Uh, they've got some hot chocolate out there. Like it's just, It was a good time. The weather was great. So I'd highly recommend going out there, taking the family. If you like the ice skating, uh, you have to fight Crown Center and going down and all yeah, that kind of stuff. Yeah, cute little date night idea. Yeah, it's a, it's a sweet little spot, but we appreciate Mission Taco Joint for being our partner, obviously for this show, but also for the Feed of Forward program, which is top of mind since that's what I was doing earlier today. Uh, I was down at Hope Faith Ministries and with some good people from Mission Taco providing, uh, I think we served like over 400 tacos today um, to some of the homeless population in Kansas City. My son came out, he wanted to volunteer and help. So uh, it was it was an important thing and something I always look forward to going down there and doing uh, and volunteering some time. But uh, shout out to Mission Taco Joint for partnering with us on multiple things. Um, you can go to Mission Taco Joint. If you're listening to this today or any Tuesday, mention KCSN, you get 10% off your order. So shout out to them. Um, and if you're interested in getting involved or helping out on the Feed of Ford program or anything we have with the KCSN Foundation, you can reach out to us, follow us on Twitter at the KCSN Foundation and uh, send us a note and we'll uh, let you know how you can help. Um, but all right, want to get started with these 10 things? Yeah, let's do it. You sound really excited about this. I am not excited. I'm no, I am excited. You know what? I can, I have I need to stop being grumpy. It's not that bad. I'm going to Haley. We already went over I'm this. I'm just yeah, I'm still in recovery. I'm on the first step. All right. Haley, <laughs> we should start with the defense because that's the should. thing. But is it equally frustrating as defense was the defense was awesome. But at this point, it's yep. not been twenty four hours yet, so still a little frustrated. Fresh. So we're gonna start with the offense and the fact that we're watching still, not that he's above fault, not that he didn't make mistakes, watching the best quarterback in the NFL and one of the best quarterbacks in NFL history already uh, struggle to put up points. And it's 
frustrating to watch, particularly in the second half. Let's go with number one here. Chiefs shut out in the second half. 14 nothing. It was game by four points, 21-17. And I didn't know this going into this game that the Chiefs ranked dead last in the NFL in second half points scored. Averaging less than I think it was 5.9 points per game in the second half going into last night where they didn't score at all. Uh, obviously, this has to get better. I saw Nate Taylor tweet this out, one fourth quarter touchdown all season long for the Chiefs. There was a time when you and I would be watching this team and it's like, ah, 13 seconds, don't worry, they'll get it done. Now I was watching it last night and I'm like, oh, 10 minutes. Is that enough time? Okay, they just scored. There's only six minutes left. No. We used to roll with 10 seconds. You just don't have the weapons that he had around him back then and I need to realize that and I think we all do. Most... Man, Patrick Mahomes is just being left out there dry. What do they say? Like, uh, for teams that are struggling, he's like the backup quarterback, the most popular person in the city. Um, nobody's clamoring for them because the starters not getting it done. I think the most popular person in Kansas City, if the, the, the narrative hasn't picked up, it's going to pick up soon, and that Richie James is going to be seen as the answer, <laughs> whether he likes it or not. There needs uh, to the be way one. that this team and this group is struggling uh, to consistently move the football. It's just frustrating because the first drive, not the first one, I guess, the second drive I follow, yeah. uh, went so well. They were so in tune with everything. The running game was going. Everything was working. And then for it to just stall out uh, in the second half just tells me that whether, you know, second half adjustments, we've talked about this before. They don't go it's, into halftime and do all this. Right. But throughout the course of a game, there are times and that's what they're doing on the sideline. It's not necessarily something that there's a ton of time at halftime, but they are making adjustments throughout the game as to how they're playing certain looks and how you want to play that chess match. And whatever it is about that is not working in yeah. the Chiefs' favor. Either they're not executing. They can't get the players to execute the way that they need to, obviously, um, based on what they're seeing and what adjustments they're making in the middle of the game. Just something about that process obviously is broken and we know it's not the coach it's not Andy Reid it's not Matt Nagy even though I know it's a popular thing everybody wants to assign blame it's not Matt Nagy it's not that Eric Bieniemy is not here Eric Bieniemy is a great coach these struggles are not because Eric Bieniemy is not here um there's plenty of coaching and plenty of good coaching here in Kansas City to get it done this is about players not executing or if you want to flip side and flip it from a coach's point of view coaches have to figure out a different way to try to explain right. or get through to them to be successful in this, say all of that, and we're going to get more into the offense. Trust me, there's a lot of points here. But I do think it's important to mention this. Uh, and this is courtesy of Matt McBowen, Chief Senior Reporter uh, there at Chiefs.com. Phenomenal dude. Make sure you follow him. Chiefs are currently 7-3 and three and a half game behind the Baltimore Ravens for the top seed in the AFC playoff field. Kansas City owns the tiebreaker over Baltimore due to the Ravens' three conference losses. The Chiefs only have one as two of their losses to NFC teams, obviously mm-hmm. with the Eagles and the Lions to start the season. And additionally, the Chiefs own head-to-head tiebreakers over both the Jags and the Dolphins, who are 7-3. and three. So, again, we talked about this Positive. early in the year. If you're going to lose, it's better to lose to an NFC team because mm-hmm. it doesn't really affect your tiebreaker scenarios like we've seen here. And so, yes, it's not good that they lost, especially the way they lost, and it's highlighting things that we know are struggles and we've been talking about the passing game, the young receivers, but it's still context is important. They're still sitting atop the AFC and everything they need is within their grasp and in their control. We want to talk about why they lost. Let's move to number two. Okay. Let's talk about those drops. Maybe some F bombs. 
Okay. I'm going to give you some facts and then I'm going to let BJ say the words I will not say as my grandmother watches this podcast. Okay. Drop passes. They now lead the league in drop passes. Several key ones, of course. Uh, The thing I saw out of five drop passes, three of those were on the final drive. Three on the final drive. Now the Kansas City Chiefs have 26 drop passes. That leads the entire league throughout this entire season. Chiefs wide receivers are dropping 9% of their passes thrown this way this season. Highest percentage through any team's first 10 games in the past 10 seasons. You're an NFL wide receiver. The ball hits two hands. The ball hits one hand, honestly. Now, I saw Tyreek's tweet. Tyreek put out this tweet saying, you know, (laughs) I've given you so much fuel. He said, you know, people assume, I'm not quoting him correctly, but he said something along the lines of like, people think it's so easy to make that kind of a catch under the lights in that situation. Take it away, BJ. Get ready for the censor button. You're paid to make that catch. Uh, I will agree. There's one take I agree with, and I'll probably talk out of both sides of my mouth. You can let me know in the comment section which which side of my mouth you agree with. Um, But with Justin Watson specifically, Justin Watson had the bad drop, but he came back on the next one on the fourth down and made the catch. Um, So he kind of made up for it in a way. And I don't think Justin Watson should be getting criticized necessarily. Yes, criticizing for the drops, all of that. I don't want to trigger anybody. But he's not a wide receiver one, and he had 11 targets against the the Eagles. Like, this is a Super Bowl kind of rematch. It is a problem if the Chiefs offense is expecting Justin Watson to produce at a level that requires him to get 11 targets a game. Justin Watson is not a top three wide receiver on this team, but he is the one guy that Patrick Mahomes does seem to trust in some of those situations. And the more that we see, and it's not just the drop from MVS. We were talking about this earlier. The MVS drop on the big plays, the one that everyone's going to remember. It's a frustrating one. I will never say the Chiefs lost because of this one play no. or because no, no, no. of the refs. There's so many things. But the one that pissed me off more was the corner route where he started backpedaling at like an eight-year-old playing flag football that doesn't know how to like run and catch at the same time. Uh. And it's, and then Mahomes is in the, like three weeks ago, telling him to come back to the ball. Now he's telling him to keep running. Like it's some really basic things. And to that point, Justin Watson did the same thing where they showed Andy Reid on the sideline where he kind of stemmed back to the middle on the go route and Mahomes threw it to the outside. It's like, what is happening here with some of these deep passes? Mahomes 0 for 5 on the deep passes. Which is insane. You are, but that's a good point to bring up. Yeah, the drops. Kelsey had, Travis Kelsey had key drops. Justin Watson, MVS. You said five drops in the game, three of which were on that last drive. The Chiefs already led the NFL uh, in drop passes. And I saw a point that 21% of Patrick Mahomes' incompletions this year are on dropped passes. So, yes, he threw a bad interception, didn't look off the safety. Kevin Byard made a great play um, in the red zone. it's again, it's like the Miami game. Like they, they make enough plays that we're sitting here talking negatively about everything, where if they just make a couple of things differently, the context and the narrative completely changes. Absolutely. We're talking about the game differently. And talk about the drops, all of that. The two red zone turnovers are what did them in. It was Kelsey's fumble and then the interception. And so was through. That was Either one up. of those, even kicking a field goal and making it a two-possession game at that point would have changed the trajectory of everything about the way that it happened. Because the only thing the Eagles did offensively were some DeAndre Swift where he got loose a little bit and created just enough space. Uh, and we'll get to the defense here in a minute. But uh, yeah, the drops are a problem. We've got it number three is just bleed right into yeah. MVS. We've talked about him a few weeks ago. I did um, personally just because 
criticize Sky Moore. You can criticize all of these guys. MVS is the one getting paid. He is the one that is getting eight and a half million dollars. He is the one who's accounting for, I think, almost or just over 40% of the Chiefs cap in the wide receiver rooms is going to one player. And he's got six yards of separation on a game winning touchdown against this defending Super Bowl champions. That is why you are here. That'll that's the play that you're here to make. I know Matt Nagy said after the game, there's a lot of things that he does that are great. Yes, he ran the little rub route perfectly. The little hitch where he stands next to the DB. He did that great. And yes, he forced the uh, defensive pass interference up the sideline on a ball that we know he wasn't going to catch. So that was the most successful thing he could have done. But if he can't catch. That guy doesn't need $8.5 million to do that. There, uh, Jeremy Macklin sitting over at St. Louis coaching high school football could go do either one of those things. I know Tucker's with me. M-I-Z. So, um, yeah, MVS is the one. that He's going to get flack from everybody. I've been saying it for a few weeks that of all the eyes and all the finger pointing or whatever, start with the veteran guy who's getting paid because he's expected to be the one to take the responsibility first. Sixth year in the league, second year in the system, the standard should be high and you should be able to expect him to make those kind of catches. Now, here's what he put out on Twitter right after, vowing to be better. I'm grateful, I'll be better, and I appreciate the criticism and the support. God put me on, or God put this on me because he knew I could handle it. Gratitude, gratitude, did he mean to say gratitude? Grateful for everything that comes with it. Gratitude for everything that comes with it. That's Um, like a 36 hours afterwards post, not like a, that after the game? mm -hmm. Like he immediately is like, I don't know how soon after I saw that this morning. I can go look at uh, his Twitter and see how quickly after. I just would, if I were him, I just wouldn't have tweeted anything. I wouldn't say I appreciate the criticisms. A guy who stepped foot first. I don't think presser and said, "If you don't say my name right, I'm not answering your questions." Did happen. I also don't think God makes you drop passes, but it's not. You know, that's another topic. And as we've seen, Chiefs, and this is all NFL. It's not just Chiefs fans, but he comes back in three weeks in a big moment and has 110 yards and catches two touchdowns, everyone's going to forget. Like, how awesome is it watching Kadarius Tony and, like, just he's got his right, swag right. back with his punt returns and all the moves he's making. Like, like, it's fun to see him back in, but after the Lions game, everybody's ready to ship him back to New York. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, MVS is always one big game away from redemption. And achieve, this is the scary part is that the answer isn't coming from the outside. Unless it's Richie James, we've already said, like, Richie James is the savior. He'll be the one that can fix all these problems. Uh, but the answers have to come within the the guys who are in that building now. It's going to come from the coaching staff, these players. If the Chiefs are going to make a run, it's going to be the guys that we're criticizing right now stepping up and being better. They have time to do it. Again, you're going up against the team that you would have to beat to win a Super Bowl. That was the measuring stick. And what we saw is... Patrick Mahomes can't have the second fewest passing yards of his career, turn the ball over twice in the red zone, give up a handful of big plays, and drop five passes. Like, the margin of error is still pretty big for any of those things to change for the Chiefs to win a football game, which is frustrating, but yet gives me a little bit of comfort just to know they're not that far off. True. I mean, they took the game momentum-wise, and I'm just going based off feeling as a fan, it was theirs. 
I mean, they they own the game. They own the majority of the game. It came down, and this is how the Chiefs have beaten many other teams before. It felt like like the other team was winning the whole time, but the Chiefs came back, and the Eagles came back, and they found a way to win. They capitalized off the Chiefs' mistakes, and the Chiefs couldn't pull it together. And usually they're a team that performs under pressure very well. Yeah. You know Mahomes performs under pressure well. Yeah, I... So where's the missing piece? Yeah, it's just if you... Still the same problem go up against any team in the league, even at this point, like you may not be super confident in the Chiefs passing game, the Chiefs offense right now, but they line up against, there's not a team that they would go line up against. They'd be like, I'm worried. Like, okay, I'm worried yes. that they aren't going to be able to get this done. It might not be pretty and it might be super annoying to watch. But they usually have to stick it in somebody's face mask like he's in, what was the name? I'll think of it here in a second. From Necessary Roughness. A quarterback. The fighting armadillos, um, where he just sticks it in his face mask and throws it as hard as he can um, to get in there. But Scott Bakula was the Tucker's looking it up. Paul Blake. Paul Blake and the fighting armadillos. Um, there you go. But, but yeah. Anyway, that that's apparently the where we're at with Mahomes. He's mm-hmm. just gonna have to shove it, stick it's, it. In. I, it's, it's just I hate it. I, I I'm not gonna say it's a waste of talent because it's not. I mean. Okay. Well, actually, I just contradicted myself. It, it is in ways to see the greatest quarterback go out there and not have someone who can catch what he is giving them, the immaculate talent he has and what he's able to do. And and you even see the national. I know everyone says the national media is just all Mahomes, 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 Mahomes. But every analyst has recognized what he's been able to do, and he's just left alone. And yeah. said like God wouldn't put anything in front of me I can't handle. He's doing the same thing to Patrick Mahomes, but he's putting an MBS in front of F3. <laughs> That's foul. 24 of 43 <laughs> for 177 <laughs> yards and two touchdowns and one interception for Patrick Mahomes. And it was a noted in there. Take this burden out of my way. <laughs> Throwing a touchdown pass of 30 plus yards downfield since September of Did 2022. You... I hate that. It's getting worse. So get into the Chiefs running game. Let's move on to number five. Okay, that's great. Isaiah Pacheco. Isaiah Pacheco, again, fun dude to watch around the football. And I like this. They got Kadarius Tony in the mix in the backfield. Yeah. That was cool to see. Just get the ball in that guy's hands as easy, as easily yeah. as possible with as any kind of space. Uh, and you never know what's going to happen. He had a great, great first half, came out, finished it well in the second half. He averaged 4.1 yards per attempt on each of the past three games he's been in. They got up with 66, or he had 66 yards in the first half. In the second, he only had seven carries, but he finished with 89 yards, which put him at 4.7 average. I mean, he was a big reason the Chiefs went into halftime up. And just, I mean, feed the hot hand. Yeah. Well, we won't get totally into it. I know the the laboratory and the only weird games, guys, they'll get into the offensive line, uh, which I thought overall played pretty well with the running game. Juwan Taylor having a couple of penalties. Donovan Smith had which was that on Creed Humphrey one penalty. I don't. That's one that they're going to explain because he didn't. I saw Mitch Schwartz tweet that it does that all the time, and they don't call it. I don't know what it was besides holding the ball straight up in the air. He didn't make any sudden movements. He didn't move the ball when the flag got thrown. The ball was not moving. There was no twitch. There was nothing. So I don't know what it was, but the Chiefs did have 168 yards on the ground against an Eagles defense that had been allowing only 60 yards per game on the ground is one of the most dominant defensive fronts in f- all of football. And so I thought 
the Chiefs' offensive line handled it pretty well. For the struggles that the Chiefs had offensively, I don't think pressure was the reason they were struggling. No, not like anything to do with it. I actually joked because I wasn't familiar with Milton Williams, but with all of the dudes up front and all the first-round picks and the Jalen Carter and the Jordan Davis and Hassan Reddick, all these dudes, Fletcher Cox, all these dudes, that Milton, some guy named Milton was the one that we couldn't block. That's not fair to him. I'm sure he's dominant. And all lab guys said they loved him in the draft and they follow his stuff. I was like, yeah, but of all the dudes up front that they have, that dominant defense, that was the guy that stood out. So shout out to him uh, putting his put his name out there. And we're going to talk about some of the Chiefs defensive players that continue to put their name out there on a national stage um, right after this quick break. Thanks for hanging out. What's up, Chiefs Kingdom? This is Tucker Franklin from KC Sports Network. Thank you for listening to today's show. Make sure to follow us and subscribe for more Chiefs content wherever you get your podcast. If you want to support us further, you can shop the latest collection of KC Sports Network merch in partnership with Sandlot Goods. You can find hats, shirts, hoodies, and more at sandlotgoods.com. You can click the link in the description for more information. Hey everyone, this is BJ Kissel. We'll get right back to the show. I just need a minute to share some important news, but as always, thank you for the support. The KCSN Foundation just launched our third annual Soul of KC Holiday Raffle and Toy Drive. And it benefits Operation Breakthrough's Christmas store. This campaign has raised more than $35,000 over the past two years, helping provide a better Christmas for kids in our community. And it's simple. We sell raffle tickets for a chance to win any of the more than 20 fantastic prizes that we have available this year. It's things like a Travis Kelsey autographed full-size Chiefs helmet, or a Chris Jones autographed jersey, a George Karloftis jersey. How about a Patrick Mahomes autographed mini helmet? We've got gift cards to local restaurants like Capitol Grill, Mission Taco Joint, or Third Street Social. You can find the full list of prizes on our social media accounts, or you can click the link in the description of this show. Again, all of the proceeds go to buying presents for Operation Breakthrough's Christmas store, and you can get tickets now through December 4th. Help us continue to help others, because that's what the KCSN Foundation is all about. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Do you look forward to the upcoming holidays, but even though it's getting darker and colder in Kansas City, it might be hard to get up for those holidays. Maybe those seasonal blues are coming back, and this time of year can be a lot, and it's natural to feel some sadness or some anxiety about it, but adding something new and positive to your life can counteract some of those feelings. Therapy can be a bright spot amid the stress and all the change. It can be something to look forward to. It can make you feel grounded, and it can give you the tools to manage everything that's going on. Therapy can be helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It can empower you to be the best version of yourself. And look, it's not just for people who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited for your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. Find your bright spot this season with BetterHelp by visiting BetterHelp.com slash KCSN to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash KCSN. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Right, welcome back to 10 Things here on KC Sports Network and BJ Kissel hanging out with Haley Lewis. We appreciate Mission Taco Joint for being the sponsor of this show. Go grab some tacos. Mention KCSN to get 10% off your order on Tuesdays. All right, Haley, we've just spent the first half of the show talking a lot about the offense yeah. and just kind of uh, talking our way through it. Now let's move on to the defense and the positive and the Chiefs defense holding the Eagles to their second lowest point total output of the season as the Chiefs uh, or the Eagles entered the game as the number three scoring offense in the NFL. They had just 238 yards total and that's the Eagles and a three for 11 mark on third down. I think they started off like 0 for 5 with four mm-hmm. sacks on the first five third down plays. Eagles punted a season high seven times and again scored just 21 points, their second lowest total output of the season. And the Chiefs sack Eagles quarterback Jalen Hurts a season high five times on the night, forcing the Eagles to go three and out on five separate occasions. And here's keep running into this because it's all connecting next gen stats. It says, after having been sacked five times in the first half, Jalen Hurts and the Eagles opted for a quicker passing game in the final 30 minutes there in the second half. The Chiefs pressured Hurts only once in the second half. And here's what I thought was interesting. The first half, eight pressures, five sacks. Time to throw mm-hmm. averaged 3.27 seconds for Jalen Hurts in the first half. Second half, one pressure, zero sacks, 2.3 oh. seconds time to throw. Almost one, almost a full second yeah. off. Um they had to get the ball out of his hands because they could not contain him, which is saying something because the Eagles have inarguably the best offensive line in the NFL, if not along the Lions. Like, there's a couple they that's done really good offensive lines, but uh, they were not just going up against, you know, Jags. They were going up against some dudes, and uh, they were getting it done. Yeah. the chief, I mean, first half, man, it, it looked phenomenal. They continued to make stops in the second half. There were moments where the Eagles had the ball back and it was like, oh, they're going to put away the game. And then Chiefs defense stopped them, gave the Chiefs offense a chance. The offense goes three and out. So I'm not going to go back to that. I'm just saying it is incredible that the Chiefs have a defense. We've never been able to say this in the Patrick Mahomes era, that they have a defense that can support the offense and get things done when the offense can't. They did it. I don't know what more. I, I know you were saying some of the grading was pretty bad on the defense, but I don't really know what more they could have done. And yeah, that leads us into Trent McDuffie. Looking at the PFF grades, no, no, no. you can take PFF grades for you know however you want to take them. Sure, uh, it's a it's a tool. It's not the only answer. It's a, mm-hmm. kind of the deal with analytics overall. Uh, that's a important part of the conversation. Um, but and we'll get to those here in a second. But Trent McDuffie. Uh, Got to talk about him because we've been talking about him being a star all year. And I think he just cemented that on a national stage on Monday Night Football against that team going up against A.J. Brown. I know Legereus Need was falling around. I got to shout out Legereus Need as well. Holding A.J. Brown. I know Devonta Smith made some plays at almost 100 yards receiving. But A.J. Brown was their guy coming mm-hmm. in, one of the top receivers in the NFL. He had one catch for eight yards in this game. McDuffie, 
four tackles, two sacks, a pass defense, and a forced fumble. And the second-year corner leads the NFL in forced fumbles this season with five. Wow. And McDuffie is just the fourth defensive back in Chiefs franchise history to record two or more sacks in a game, joining Javier Arenas, Eric Berry, and Ron Parker. McDuffie played a big part in holding A.J. Brown to one catch for eight yards when he was in coverage. He was dominant on the blitz, picking up, like we said, a pair of sacks and a forced fumble. We've talked a lot about him. We've talked a lot how he's come into his second year and gone even better. What I loved was seeing him in the Dolphins game be able to do what he did against Tyreek Hill and then continue to do it. I mean, the future is so bright for this guy. The fact that they were able to snag him is phenomenal. I mean, if we're looking at draft picks of the past, there are plenty that you can pick out that didn't pan out. But this is by far one of the best picks they were able to get. And it's only going to get better. Absolutely. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to slide this in right here because it, it fits. Uh, you can win. A Trent McDuffie signed Chiefs mini helmet. Where? Uh, the next point we're going to make is talking about Chris Jones. You can wear, you can win a autographed Chris Jones jersey with the Soul of KC raffle that we have going on right now for the next two weeks. If you follow KC Sports Network for any period of time, you've heard us talk about this holiday raffle. It benefits Operation Breakthrough in their Christmas store, and it's basically ensuring that more kids in our community have a great Christmas. And every year we get a bunch of items donated. We raffle off. All of these items, we take all the money that we raise. We go in partnership with Dick's Sporting Goods over the last couple of years. We've gone to Dick's Sporting Goods. We use all the money to buy as many presents as we can because that's what Operation Breakthrough told us they need help with. That a lot of times when people donate presents for kids, they think three years old to seven years old. They don't think about the older kids right. around that time for Christmas. So they said, hey, go get some sporting goods. Go get some equipment. We went to Dick's Sporting Goods last year in the first week in December and spent $21,000 that we raised. Most fun night that we have at KC Sports Network, bar none across the entire network. And I'm excited to do it again. We've raised $35,000 over the past two years for something that was a very simple idea. Did not expect it to grow like this. And so you can find the information in the description of this show. You can find it all over our social media. Um, But you can see all the different prizes. There's 20 prizes listed. You can buy raffle tickets. You can buy one for 20 bucks, five for uh, 50, 15 for 100. And then for 25, you can get 25 tickets for $150 and you get a KCSA gift as well. And again, it's a verified 501c3. It is tax deductible. And um, yeah, you're helping kids in your community have a chance to win some cool stuff. Trent McDuffie signed mini helmet. Now let's move on to number eight. Yep. As Chris Jones. And Chris Jones. We talked about a minute ago. I was really surprised to see that Chris Jones' PFF grade is yeah. really low. Um, really curious what the, the lab guys and the only weird games guys see after they go back and rewatch the game uh, as far as what Chris did because his grade it was awful it wasn't even just like low it was really bad just, but he made some plays had yeah. a couple of sacks in the first half hadn't had a sack in the last couple of weeks I had one of my five things to watch coming into this game was this is a game that Chris Jones needs to show up and that was a tall task going up against that offensive line I thought he made some plays, so I was really surprised to see his, his grade so low. Yeah, did he he had, he had an incentive going into this game? I don't think he hit his incentive, but he did set a season high mark mm-hmm. in tackles with five and finished tied for the Chiefs' lead with four pressures, bouncing back after a few of those quiet games. Yeah, uh, if you want to call them quiet, but yeah, he he right out the gates. Yeah, he's getting a lot of attention. I watched a handful of times. He's getting double teamed. He was getting. Uh, a lot of attention. But even Charles Aminahu, who I thought flashed and made some plays, his PFF grade was awful. What about Carlos? So, Did you peek at that one too? Because I thought he had a few, you know, flashes of good of good 
I didn't. Good stuff, but yeah, interesting. I'm curious to hear what they say. One player, and I'm sorry, Tucker, I know it's one of your favorites, but one guy who did not have a good game, Tommy Townsend in the Chiefs punt game. And there were a lot of excuses being made on social media uh, when we tweeted out like, hey, the Chiefs punt team's not doing great. Mm -hmm. Talking about the weather and the conditions. Yeah, but Uh, the Eagles punt team did good. Yeah, and he didn't shank all of them. He just shanked the first two that went like 30 yards. And then when he finally got a hold of one, he outpunted his coverage unit. And then the guy had like a 30-yard return. Yeah. So I think he netted like 27 yards. At one point in the game, he was netting 27 net yards after each punt. And at that point, I'd rather Patch Mahomes throw it deep. Yeah. I mean, interception, but it'd be over 27 yards. The six boots, half of them were for less than 40 yards. He did have a wrist injury going into this. I don't know if that ties in. Um, but yeah. No, we just, I just have to give you some facts. There's your fact. I don't think the wrist injury affected that, but everybody's given everybody's given a night off. Old hand. We haven't criticized Travis Kelsey, who had a very poor game for his standards. Um, got big holding call. Um, we're gonna talk about the refs because everybody saw it. Everybody knows what it was. Uh, I thought it was pretty bad on both sides. I don't think it affected the end result of the game. No, that's why they lost. The one in the end zone, like the the holding inside the red zone on us at that point. I'm not sure we're gonna stop him anyway on that drive. Um, but that was super annoying because it was so blatantly obvious uh, that he held him and he threw his hands up. Everyone saw it. But when you add all these little things we're talking about up, it's just a lovely storm of called the Chiefs loss. It's where all the F-bombs come from. Yeah. I don't know. I would never want to watch a game with you. <laughs> I'm either really quiet. Imagine. I'm either really quiet and I just walk off by myself and I hold it all in. Because I'm used to the press. I mean, you're used to the press box, or I just internalize everything. Anyway. Yes, yes. I guess a baseball play, like, I was a relief pitcher, so, like, I couldn't show emotion on anything, so I'm very good at holding it in mm-hmm. until I don't. <laughs> and then, I and just, then it's just gone. Yeah, as evidenced by the AFC, the Bengals game last year on the second screen watch party we had from Vegas, where I was just screaming and yelling the whole time. Tucker, Tucker, really Tucker was having himself know what's good. <laughs> it's one of the most legendary photos we have with Tucker Franklin are from the Wind Casino Blue Wire studio there. Um, it should be great if the Chiefs can go back to the Super Bowl and we can somehow finagle our way into going. Oh, yeah, we can finesse that. See a Blue Wire and have us out there. Get All right. Kevin Ty and Tyler a shot. Give him a call. But anyway, Kadarius Tony out of the backfield here for number 10. I just thought it was another creative way well, of yeah. the bye week. Obviously, something they wanted to focus on was figuring out new ways to get him the ball. So it's good to see Kadarius Tony get out there and, and make some plays. Yeah, he returned six punts for 58 yards. Two for two, 12 yards. I thought he was going to break the one, and I, Eagles are going to have enough of that dude returning punts. They're done with it. I just, I, again, happy to have him back, happy to see what he did. Um, and when I say have him back, just have him looking like himself. Yeah. Just, I don't think he lasts. You guys go play with a lot of confidence, and the way that he runs and the way that he just makes those cuts. It's something it's like, like that I've signature, like, it's almost like a dead leg move. I don't know what to call it, but he's like, Locks his leg out and then cuts back the other way. Like, it's good. We'll come up with the name. Find a name. Ask him. Yes. Yeah. Okay. It would not. Uh, we appreciate all you for hanging out with us. Let us know if we missed something uh, that you thought was one of the 10 key things that stood out from this game to you. Um, or let us know which of these you thought was number one most important takeaway. And maybe a month from now, what's one thing you're going to remember most? Uh, about this game. I have a feeling it's going to be uh, yeah. envious. Yes. Planting on his face. 
uh, and slamming his helmet into the chief. That picture is everywhere. Um, it's cares. All right, Raiders, Raiders this weekend. The grandma over that. I'd take care of business. That's what they needed to do. The fighting Aiden O'Connell's. They come out. Uh, Tony Pierce got him playing. Like they're so the team is taking over. The players have taken over is like a good thing. But um, when we that, think it's bad, it's never that bad. Yeah. But most importantly, we appreciate you for listening during this Thanksgiving week, and we hope uh, you have a safe um, and memorable and joyful. Um, Thanksgiving week. Again, we appreciate all your support and uh, we'll end this uh, with what we're thankful for. And I'm just going to say I'm thankful for um, everyone at KC Sports now, everyone that we do this with. It's been a crazy, cool, fun journey over the last two and a half years. I appreciate everyone who's a part of what we're doing uh, and that it all works because we're all kind of wired the same way in a lot of different ways. <laughs> um, but I appreciate everybody who's put some hard work in and appreciate everybody who's supporting and listening and doing all those things. It's It's not easy. Um, I'm going to get on a soapbox, but it's not easy to do stuff like this. Um, but it works when you have great people who support you and you have great people that are working with you. And luckily we have both. Yeah. Very thankful for this, for this network and our Kansas city community and all the chiefs people and my dog, my dog, Jack, very thankful for him. Just a cute little, little lab. Nice. Would you like to see a picture? (laughs) Okay. We'll let it go. Hit the like and subscribe. we get to over 20,000 subscribers after I'll send you a picture of my dog I get a picture each week on 10 things of Haley's dog there you go thank you for listening whatever thank you for watching have a great Thanksgiving we appreciate you go Chiefs they'll get better yep okay goodbye